It's your host, Abby. So for the 12 days leading up to Christmas, I'm going to be doing something a little bit special. We are actually going to unwrap <laughs> the origin of not just the 12 days of Christmas song, but each individual verse. So for the 12 days leading up to Christmas Eve, each day I'm going to do a short segment on the corresponding verse to the song. Uh, spoiler alert, it starts out a little bit bird heavy, but it does get more interesting, I promise. And in the process of researching this, I came up with some really unexpected stuff, so you are not going to want to miss it. Then, uh, on Christmas Day, you're going to be able to actually go through and listen to the entire thing as a very special episode of Let Me Google That that promises to be really long, really interesting, and filled with holiday spirit. So I'm really excited about it and hoping that uh, you all will enjoy it. So be sure to check back over the next fortnight or so as we dig deep into our first very special series here on Let Me Google That. And I feel like I should have given it a name. Like maybe we could call it like the 12 days of Googlemas or 12 days of Anchormas or something like that. I don't know. It needs a hashtag. You should definitely call in and tell me if you have a suggestion for a hashtag because I'm like really bad at that shit. Anyway, as always... Thanks for listening. I'm really glad you're here. So if you're in the habit of listening to the radio at all this time of year, then you're probably already familiar with the Christmas carol of the same name. But the 12 Days of Christmas, also known as the 12 Tide, is actually a subseason of the overall Christmas season. It's very similar to something uh, observed by the Catholic Church called Christmas Tide, although that is observed for a longer period. Much of the festivities attributable to the Christmas season are of Christian origin, and the 12 Tide is also a religious observance. Contrary to what I always thought and uh, how I'm structuring this holiday podcast series, <laughs> it's actually observed beginning on Christmas Day lasting until about the 5th of January. And I don't know, I guess I always thought it was the 12 days leading up to Christmas, but uh, I guess I'm confusing it with Advent. Anyway, so in most ecclesiastical traditions, December 25th, which is Christmas, is the first day and the sort of end point in the sense that it doesn't necessarily always occur on January 5th or 6th, but perhaps in fact closer to New Year's Day, is what's called the Solemnity of Epiphany. So Epiphany is the Christian feast day celebrating the visit of the three kings to the Christ child and the revelation that the baby was in fact Jesus Christ himself, aka God incarnate. In traditional festivals in England, stretching back to at least the Middle Ages, this marked the end of the Christmas season. So no, the Tudors didn't keep their tree up until St. Patrick's Day. When the colonists arrived in North America, they adapted the tradition which by that point had become firmly established in popular culture thanks to Shakespeare, who penned a play about the Yuletide shenanigans called What Else But Twelfth Night. And as far as Christmas decorations go, the colonists actually had a pretty hard and fast rule about the wreaths on the shack of your door coming down the morning after Epiphany. And at least in the UK, it's still bad luck if your Christmas decor has not disappeared once Twelfth Night hath passed. But in Germany, they actually leave decorations up through the 1st of February when Candlemas is celebrated, which is, if you are keeping count, the 40th day of Christmas.
Hey friends, it's me, your host, Abby. Thanks for tuning in today. Here are a couple of things before you go. If you're into the weird shit that we do here, consider becoming a listener supporter. You can set up a recurring monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. Go to anchor.fm slash that to find out more. You can also show your support in non-monetary ways by following the show on Instagram at letmegoogleBat and on Twitter at letmegglglthat. I mean, somebody took the let me google that handle but anyway visit anchor.fm slash let me google that to stream online or find the show basically anywhere podcasts live so apple podcasts google play google podcast stitcher pocket cast overcast podbean radio public breaker Castbox, tune in and spotify don't forget to favorite and subscribe to let me google that so that you never miss a new episode if you'd like to guest host an episode be sure to check out the links on social to the google form for pitching your idea it's a great way to get started with podcasting since you have a built-in audience of enthusiastic weirdos to cheer you on. I'll even help you get the episode put together every step of the way, recording, editing, and getting the word out on social. Now, if you aren't quite ready to host a full episode on your own, try using the Anchor app to send in an audio message, which is a very cool way of telling me something. You can share a fun fact, suggest something for my next late-night weird Googling session, or just say hello. You can also record a You're Listening To bumper for the show if you want, which I love when you do. Speaking of, the outro for Let Me Google That was recorded by main musician Alex Wilder, who has an EP that you can buy right now. Visit pushfarther.com to learn more. If you want to know more about me, here's the short version. (laughs) I'm a researcher and science writer, and I just published my first book back in March, Ask Me About My Uterus, A Quest to Make Doctors Believe in Women's Pain. It's available as a real book, which you can buy in bookstores or online or get at your local library, and it's also available as an ebook, even an audiobook which is sadly narrated by me and not Emma Thompson. It's also going to be released as a paperback in March of 2019, which you can pre-order right now. So for more on that and me, head over to www.abbynormanwriter.com and also follow me on social at Abby M. Norman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I post fun extras about this show, updates on books, glimpses of life on the Midcoast, Maine, lots of pictures of my very cute dog, X-Files memes, science art, weird selfies, and a distressing number of posts lamenting the fact that I did not grow up to be Anne Bancroft. This podcast is made possible by Anchor, with generous support from listeners like you and those weird gummy vitamins I ate this morning.